thank you for being here with us tonight. I know um, it's the start of the holiday, so some people may be away. Maybe you haven't got there yet, but thank you for being at church tonight. We love having you, especially on what a warm night, which we don't get many of. So thank you for being um, here at church tonight. I'm going to be continuing on our new summer series, which is titled The Power of Don't. You may have heard it said, and sometimes you hear it, and before you maybe have come to Christ or maybe um, in Christian circles, that the Bible's just this rule book. It's a list of do's and don'ts that we must keep. But actually, we as a church want to show you that as we explore these ideas, we want to show you that there's a reason why God would tell us to do some things and not to do the others. There's a reason behind why he would do that. And tonight, I have the privilege of talking about do not fear. But before we get there, I want to um, just acknowledge some healthy boundaries, some healthy things before we get there. And to start off with, I want to make it really clear that fear is a real thing. Fear is something that has a hold on so many people's lives in here, and that includes both those who know God and those who don't. And I know for so many in here tonight, fear often comes with a crowd. It comes with anxiety, it comes with depression, it comes with worry, it comes with dread. And so what we're dealing with tonight is a very real and sensitive topic. And let's put it out there that in no way tonight will I ever dismay or will I ever disregard any medical needs, okay? And just putting that out there from the very top, and I'll never tell you that professional help or medical help isn't something that's helpful or advised, because for some people it is. But you see, fear is a really real thing. It can keep us awake at night. It knocks on your door when you least expect it. It can limit your day-to-day abilities. And even if it isn't so great in your life tonight, you'll agree with me that there's been times where you've been afraid, whether it's been something small or something great. Afraid of what the doctor would say, afraid of what way your kids will grow up, afraid of what your exam results will show, of what others think of you, of what the future holds, and the list could go on and on. So I want to address that tonight, that what we're dealing with affects people. And for some people, it might just be a harder battle, okay? So I want to put that healthy boundary tonight. The fear is a really real thing, and there's people in here that are dealing with it in a very real way, okay? But thankfully, when we talk about fear, we have the Word of God, okay? And it has a lot to say about fear to help us and guide us. And that leads us to my point tonight, which is do not fear. The verses that I'm going to take to look tonight are that I'm going to come before you on the screen and they're from Isaiah 41.10 and they say this, they say, fear not for I am with you, be not they be dismayed for I am your God, I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. But before we go any further church, let me just pray for us before we get into God's word. God, just thank you that you are here with us tonight, Lord. Thank you that you're with us and that you're all around us. Thank you for your presence, which has already been felt in this place. God, thank you for worship, that we get to come and worship you. Thank you that you're here with us. And God, just speak to us. Speak to our hearts tonight. God, help our hearts to be open. God, and for those dealing with this very real thing, God, I pray that you would draw close to us tonight, that we would sense your presence and we would sense your peace here. Amen. Amen. 
Um, yeah, so fear is a really real thing, but in the Bible, as I said, it talks a lot about this subject of fear. But before we get into the whole idea, it's important for us to know why this small passage was written and who it was for, because actually this passage, as you can tell by the first two words, actually has a lot to teach us about fear. So this passage that we read in Isaiah 41.10 is addressed to two types of people. Okay, So one group of people will say they're over here. They are the far off lands and the nations. Okay, So this group of people over here. And the second group of people it's addressed to is the Jews. Okay, And the Jews, if people don't know, they are God's people. And God's people, through some decisions of their own, through some bad decisions, had ended up in this really far off land. They'd ended up in this land called exile, okay? They'd been captured and were living in this land. So we have the nations, the far off nations, and then we have God's people over here. And this passage addresses both these groups of people. God uses King Hezekiah to speak to these people. And we're going to start with the group over here. We're going to start with the far-off nations. They're mentioned um, in verses 1 to 7 in this chapter. And God actually teaches us about their story about fear. You see, these nations had an issue. These far-off lands, they had an issue. And their issue was this. Their issue was idolatry. And idolatry is this. Idolatry is simply the worship of idols. Okay, just put that really simply. And these far-off nations were obsessed with other idols. They were obsessed with people who weren't God. And God isn't pleased when anyone worships anyone apart from him because he deserves all of our worship. So God calls these nations, this far off group, into a judgment scene. He tells them to listen to him, to keep silent and enter into this judgment scene. So these far off nations come into this judgment scene with the living God. And God in Isaiah 41 brings them into this scene and he reminds them of some important things. And the first thing he reminds them of is this. He reminds them of who has done incredible things in the past. And first who, he said, who stirred up one from the east whom victory meets at every step. In verse 4, he said, Who has performed and done this, calling the generations from the beginning? You see, God simply says to these nations and far-off lands who aren't worshipping him, You fellas, actually, I have done all of this. I have brought you here. It's been me. I've stirred up people from the east. I've performed and done this. I've called all the generations. I've met your victory at every step. It's been me that's done those things. And the rest of verse 4, he says this, I, the Lord, the first and with the last, I am he. You see, God reminds them that he's the one in charge, not their silly idols, that he's the ruler of all and he's in control. In this judgment scene, God begins by dealing with that issue that he is the one that's in control. And you see, when we take a step back, you might not see it yet, but actually in these first few verses in Isaiah 41, fear is actually addressed. Because when you think about it, fear is often addressed in the unknown. Fear is often steps we can't see, decisions ahead of us. And so fear often poses a question into our hearts. And the question is this. When we're scared, when we're fearful, we begin to think, is everything just random? Is everything by chance? Is everything just a coincidence that's happening in my life? Or actually, is there a God who's behind it all? Is there a God who's in it all? The one who's performed and done it, the one who stirred up the ones from the east, 
It is God. You see, God brings them into this judgment scene and he questions them and reasons them with who has done those things. And that question that God leaves before them is so relevant to our topic of fear tonight. You see, because God is the one who rules the nations, calls the generations from the beginning, is the first and the last, holds everything together. And if that's him, then that gives us a reason not to fear. If God is the one who holds it all, who calls the generations, who brings victory at every step, if that's our God, then that gives us tonight, church, a reason not to fear. You see, if you think about it, think really practical with me. If God is both the first and the last, which verse 4 tells us, then think about it. He also has authority of everything in between. If he's the first and if he's the last, then everything in between God has control over. He has authority over. If he's the first and the last, he has authority over our Mondays, our Tuesdays, the phone call way down the line, the knock on the door, the sleepless nights, the decision about what you need to go to, the decision about what I do with my kids who are walking away from the Lord. God has authority over everything in between in your life. The first and the last, I am he, I am God. And so everything in this between, I am God over, I have authority over. And tonight I wonder, in speaking to these idol worshiping nations, is God wanting to remind me and you tonight that as the God who holds it all together, we have no reason to fear. God holds this all together and so we have no reason to fear. You see, I want to address it though because fear isn't a topic that hasn't been spoken about in church before. It isn't something that Christians don't speak about often. And I want to address though for some tonight, this might sound just a little bit like lame. It might just sound a bit like Rebecca, people who are facing real life crippling real situations. When someone comes and says to you, don't be afraid. You kind of want to like either hit them or be like, you have no idea what I'm going through. Like it's the worst. You will agree with me when someone comes up and you're dealing with so much in your life and someone comes and says to you, oh, don't be afraid or like, don't worry. Like, don't worry. You want to be like, well, like you don't know what I'm going through. What's your reason behind for me not being afraid? And the reason I want to remind you tonight is this. God holds this all together. He's the first and the last. So everything in between in my life, in your life, in this story, we have no reason to fear because if God holds this all together, then we have no reason to fear. And I want to remind you tonight before we get practical with this do not statement that for some people, and I know for myself, um, when it comes to fear, reminding yourself of this once never really does anything, okay? You kind of read in the, and, and if you do some studying of all different pastors and leaders who struggle with fear, and they write in their blogs and they write in their diaries that verses like Isaiah 41.10, that they have to recall to their mind every day, that they have to recall to their mind time and time and time and time again. You see, when it comes to fear, reminding yourself of the truth of God might not do much, but we need to remind ourselves of these things constantly, that if God holds this all together, I have no reason to fear, that when you worry tomorrow morning, God holds this all together. I have no reason to fear. And then when you worry 10 minutes later or two seconds later, God holds this all together. I have no reason to fear. And you know, this practice of calling things to mind is actually quite a biblical practice, okay? There's a verse that I love in the Bible. 
and it's in Lamentations 3.21, and it says, Therefore I call us to mind, and I have hope that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And he starts off by saying, Therefore what I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope, okay? And I want to put that out there tonight, that when we deal with fear, I'm not dealing with fear in the sense of coming up to you and saying, you know what, don't be afraid. Like, Michael, don't be afraid. Steve, don't be afraid. But I'm coming with you to remind yourself, call these things to mind, and therefore I have hope that there's a God who holds us together, and therefore I have no reason to fear. Okay, so in this judgment scene of these nations, God reminds the nations who aren't worshipping him that actually, fellas, I'm the first, I'm the last, so everything in between I have control of, and if I have control over then we have no reason to fear. And I wish um, time would let me go through all the verses tonight, but I don't have time. But um, the nations will move on from them shortly, but these nations over here who were worshipping other idols, God brings them into this judgment scene. God has just completely given them everything, saying, like, I'm the one who's done this, not your idols. I'm the one who's brought victory. I'm the one who's brought people from the east. And actually the nations respond in such a silly way you see, they see what God has done and they become afraid. It says in verse 6 um, in Isaiah 41 that everyone helps his neighbor and says his brother be strong. So what they do when God challenges them and when God's right, they get their brother and sister. They huddle up together because they know they're in the wrong and they say to each other, be strong. They know they're wrong before God. And so they respond in fear. And I want to leave a practical note with that, that after encountering God, realizing they're wrong, they let fear drive them further away from God, not actually closer to God, okay? So fear can often do that. Fear can often drive us further away from God and not closer to God. You see, they don't turn around and say, you know what, God, you're right. We need to turn and worship you now. We need to leave our idols But actually, they let fear drive them away from God. And fear can often do that, can't it? It can lead us further away from God. It didn't turn them towards God, but actually made them go further away. And so in this idea of fear, we need to ask ourselves this question. Is fear in our life leading us further away from God or leading us closer to God? And that's a challenge for me tonight and a challenge for you. Is fear leading us on our knees or is it leading us on our phone? Is fear leading us to be around godly people and doing godly things or is it actually leading us to destructive habits? And if it's the latter, that's okay because there's no judgment here tonight. But there's a God who wants us to come to him in our fear, okay? These nations, these far-off lands actually let their fear drive them further away from God. And if you think the reaction isn't stupid enough, it actually gets worse. These nations don't really know what to be at. And they decide in their fear that not only are they going to go further away from God and huddle up together and try and be strong together, they actually decide that they're going to go and build more idols. Like It's like saying to a kid, like sitting them down and being like, don't do that. And then the kid runs away and does the very thing that you've told them not to do. Okay, these nations, they go and God's told them like, what are you doing building these idols for? And God wins in the argument, of course he does. And then they go away and build more idols. And it says in verse 7, that the craftsman strengthens his goldsmith and he smooths with the hammer and strikes a field, saying to the soldier, it is good, and they strengthen it with nails so it cannot be moved. 
You see, these people go ahead and build for themselves more idols when God has just contested that. But this whole idea of the whole idol thing, please hold on to it, okay, for our seven, if you've got your Bible, because we're going to come back to it later. But actually, God, in dealing with these idols, obviously tells them that he's done all of those things. They go away further from God and build these idols. But now he's dealt with these nations, he comes and he deals with his people, okay? So God comes and deals with his people, and we read it in verse 7, 8, around that passage and quickly he reminds them that Israel who are God's people they're different from these nations okay these nations worship other gods but God's people worship him he reminds them that they're called Israel which means governed by God Israel didn't worship idols they worship God and you know what I love about this chapter if you're looking into it when you get home there's something so beautiful because God calls them Israel but he also calls them Jacob and when you look at what Jacob means in the Bible Jacob actually means untrustworthy okay and when you look at that there's a sense that Israel means you're governed by God that God has the authority and the control over your life and then there's Jacob who means untrustworthy you see Israel had failed God yet God still loved them when you read further on in the verses there's two almost contrasting names of Israel and Jacob you see God's people failed yet God loved them you see Israel and the Jews this group over here had been called by God and so in this season in this foreign land through their own decisions God wants them to know a few things and it's in first eight. he wants them to know that they're chosen that they were his friend that they were called and they were not cast off so there's a real difference in both groups you see God encourages them in the far off land and then we come to our verses tonight in verse 10 and I want to read it again it says in Isaiah 41 10 starts off by saying fear not for I am with you be not be, dis- be not be dismayed for I am your God I will strengthen you I will help you I will uphold you with my righteous right hand you see this verse is our answer tonight to fear our do not statement tonight God tells them fear not so God begins by commanding his people to fear not and so not does not God not only remind them what he's done in the past that he's called them that he's redeemed them that they're his friend that they're not cast off but he also speaks to them in the present and that's what I'm going to focus on tonight in the last couple of minutes that I have when we think about this idea of fear not he tells them and us tonight to fear not he says to you tonight in church fear not but behind this command what I love about God he isn't like someone who'll just come and say fear not but actually God offers a promise behind his command he offers us loads of promises behind the command and when he tells us to do something there's a reason behind it you see God gives us ground for his command tonight and the ground is these five things I am your God I am with you I will strengthen you I will help you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand when God gives us command there's promises behind it and the promises are these five things I'm your God I am with you I will strengthen you I will help you I will uphold you with my righteous right hand 
And I wish I had the time to get into it tonight, but if you know and trust in God tonight, okay, if you're saved, these promises are not only for this group over here, but they're for you too, okay? Because in Christ Jesus, we get to have these promises because what he's done for us by sending his son to the cross. So these five things that I have on the screen are for you tonight if you have made that decision to follow Jesus. He says this, he says, I am your God. I want to encourage you tonight, church, if you know and trust in God, he is your God. He's redeemed you, he's called you by name, and you are his. And what better statement to say in the face of fear, that I have a God, that he is my God, the one who's done it, the one who's performed it, the one who's brought people from the east, calling all generations, that is my God. He's redeemed you, he's called you by name, and you are his. And what better thing to say in the face of fear. You know, that's a big part of my story. We spoke in youth about that a couple of weeks ago, that knowing God is my God, knowing that he's in control, knowing that he loves me, that he cares for me, that he's done amazing things in my life. And I want to encourage you and challenge you tonight that I don't know what fear looks like for you, but he is your God tonight. And if he's your God tonight, you have nothing to fear. If he's your God tonight, you have nothing to fear. Don't fear. And get this, not even the worst thing that could happen to you could ever take you away from his love. Not the worst thing, not height nor death, as Romans 8 tells us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is ours in Christ Jesus. Remember, he's your God tonight. Remember how he's brought you through. Remember, as he says to his people, I've called you. I've redeemed you, you're mine, you're my friend, I will not cast you off. Remember, I am your God tonight. In the face of fear, remember, I am your God. And the second thing, I am with you. The same God that was with them is with you tonight. How comforting, how simple, but the same God that was with them, who done these things, who performed those things, is with you tonight. Not only that he was with us in the past, but he's with you right now. And I love this thought that he's not just a call away. It's not like you have to get your phone and say, God, can you please come to be with me right now? But actually, he's ever present with you. He's living on the inside of you by his Holy Spirit. So I am your God. I am with you. Two things to say in the face of fear. Now, the third one is totally my favorite. It says, I will strengthen you. Now, remember how I said would come back to those nations, so this group, this nations, when God challenges them, when God wins this thing with them, they go and they build their own idols, okay? And interestingly, in the verses, it tells us in verse 7, we read it a bit earlier, that in the face of this judgment scene with God, that they got the craftsmen together and they made more idols. But these idols needed to be strengthened. These idols needed nails put in them so they could not be moved. Okay, so these craftsmen all got together and built these really strong idols with nails in them so that they could not be moved. You see, these idols that they made needed something to hold them up. They were weak and they needed to be strengthened. But when you flip that tonight and look what God tells us, God doesn't say to you tonight, you, I need you to strengthen me. 
God doesn't say to you tonight, I need you to help me. I need your help here. But God actually says to us, I'm going to strengthen you. Not do you. You don't need to strengthen anything. They needed to strengthen their idols. But God actually says to us tonight, I'm going to strengthen you. What a flip in the script is that? that like a couple of verses later, the idols, they had to put nails into these idols to hold them up. But actually our God holds us up tonight. A flip in the switch that we are strengthened by God. You see, the idol-worshipping nations had to strengthen their gods, but our God strengthens us. God says, I will strengthen you. He always reminds us, I will help you. God promises to help you tonight, and it's not a simple do not fear, but with his command come promises. And this is a promise that God makes to you tonight, that I am your God, I am with you, I will strengthen you, I will help you and finally I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You see these idol worshippers as I said they needed nails to hold up their gods to make them secure but actually tonight our God holds us and through the nails in his son's hands were brought into relationship with him. Isn't that amazing when you think of it that these idols needed nails to be held up but actually our God through his son Jesus through the nails in his hands we are held up we are strengthened by God tonight God holds us and we're brought to him through his son and tonight you know what if you're feel like you're falling away if you feel like you're feeling I want to remind you that you're being upheld by the hand of God tonight you know the right hand that it talks about in this story is so interesting i don't know what the percentage is but i would say most of this room would say the right handed okay when we look across the world people would say that the right hand is probably figuratively more strong okay and so when the bible talks about god's right hand it's a picture of strength it's a picture of ability it's a righteous right hand god does what is right so god will always point us in the right direction you know what tonight if you feel like I shouldn't even be in church I shouldn't even be sitting here if only they knew what I've been up to this week if only God knew if only God is holding you with his strong right hand okay you're gonna think is that right this is definitely the right hand I've got my right hand off and um, but God is holding you with his right hand tonight okay and that's a strong hand and the unfortunate thing with fear is this because fear unfortunately echoes to God you aren't able to strengthen me you aren't able to hold me up that I need your help and you aren't willing you're not capable of holding me or this situation right now when we fear we ultimately say to God God you're not doing a good enough job and God you're not able actually to cope with what I'm going through right now but actually how untrue is that when we look at these promises tonight because this promise tonight is that there's a God who will strengthen you and a God who upholds you in his strong right hand okay church i want to remind you of these five five simple things tonight that when we come face to face with fear and it leaves us with a response tonight let me remind you of the verse it says fear not for i'm with you be not dismayed for i am your god i will strengthen you i will help you i will uphold you with my righteous right hand therefore church do not fear um, John Piper once said this, and I couldn't have put it better um, in the last couple of minutes that I spoke, but he says this, I only have one message, if you have God, you don't need to be afraid. 
Yeah, like really simple. I only have one message. If you have God, you don't need to be afraid because he is with you. He is your God. He will strengthen you. He will help you. And he will uphold you with his righteous right hand. Okay, now I want to remind you, I heard a girl share um, a bit of her story with this. She struggled very, very severely with fear. And she said about how her grandma used to come and remind her of this verse all the time. And it was this really strong American accent, which I'm not going to try. But she used to come up to her and say, fear not, like fear not. And it used to like almost scare this girl even more. But then one day her granny came to her and said, you know what, because there's a reason behind God telling you not to fear. And it's this, it's that God is with you, that he's your God, that he will strengthen you, he will help you, and he will uphold you with his righteous right hand. I'm not just simply telling you tonight, church, to fear not, but there's pillars to this promise of God. God gives us these commands to help us in the face of fear, that he's with us, that he's your God, that he will strengthen you, that he will help you, and he will uphold you with his righteous right hand. And I know tonight, Fear is a really big thing for some people in this room. Fear is a massive thing that you might wake up tonight in the middle of the night. And I want to encourage you tonight that if you know God, let these five pillars of truth be your song if you wake up in the middle of the night. Okay, remind yourself, you know what, God is with me right now. He's my God. He's going to strengthen me. He's going to help me. And he's upholding me right now in these moments where I cannot hold myself. He is holding me right now. Call these things to mind this week. If you need to write this verse somewhere this week, do that. Learn this verse that next time that you feel fear, you will remind yourself, God is with me. So he's all around me. He is my God. That The God who moves the nations, the one who formed the whole world, the one who can do anything beyond our mind. He is my God. He is a personal God to me that he's going to strengthen me, okay? These idols needed their own strength, but God actually is going to flip this and say, you know what? I'm going to strengthen you today, that he will help you and he will uphold you with his righteous right hand. And you know what, church, tonight, if you haven't decided to follow Jesus, I don't want you to think that you can't have these promises because if you put your trust in Jesus tonight, these promises can be true for you tonight instantly, okay? Instantly. When you decide to follow Jesus, he's your God. He's with you. He will strengthen you. He'll help you and uphold you with his righteous right hand. And if you haven't decided to follow Jesus tonight, I want you to know that God loves you that he cares for you, that he sent his son to deal with the greatest issue in your life, which you might not think is actually the greatest issue, but the greatest issue in your life right now is the sin that separates you from God. And God actually sent his son to deal with that tonight. God sent his son so that you could be here in church tonight and you're not here by accident hearing about fear, okay? And I want you to know that, that your life can be changed forever tonight, that your past doesn't stop you and that your life with Jesus can be changed forever. And you know, if that's you tonight, um, I'm going to pray for some people before I finish, but there's also a team of people who would love nothing more than to lead you to faith tonight. They would love nothing more for you to get right with God tonight. Don't leave in here if you feel God speaking to you. Don't leave here without giving your life to him tonight. And church, I want to really simply remind you tonight, when we think of the power of don't, when we think of do not fear, I want to remind you that God is with you. He's your God. He'll strengthen you. 
He will help you and he will uphold you with your righteous right hand. You know, that's, this, that's our song in the midst of fear. I don't have anything else. I don't have just believe in yourself. I don't have just like try and be strong, go to the gym, work on your mind. I don't have anything like that. I have these five pillars of truth. He's your God. He's with you. He will strengthen you. He will help you and he will uphold you with his righteous right hand. And that's how church we can say, I will not fear that's how we can say, you know what, this might be like horrible what I'm going through and I do not know the weight of what some people are carrying in here tonight, but I want you to know these five pillars of truth that you can rest your head on the pillow tonight and get good night's sleep and you can get peace and you can get rest knowing that he's with you, knowing he's your God, knowing he will strengthen you, he will help you and he will uphold you tonight. I'm going to invite the girls um, to come up and they're going to lead us. Um, in a song. Now this song um, is just going to talk about how when things go on in our life, when the oceans rise and thunders roar, that we'll be still and know that he's God, okay? And I know for some people tonight that there's very weighty things happening in your life. There's, there's situations that you don't know about mine that I don't know about in yours. But I want to just leave this time for God um, just to move in some people's lives. So I want, um, if you can, if you want to just close your eyes for me and bow your head. Um, and you can respond tonight in whatever way. If you want to stand and, um, and sing, if you want to sit and just leave whatever's going on in your heart, before God, if you just want the peace of God, God wants you to talk to him right now. You, you can tell God what's going on in your life. He already knows it, but God wants you to use this time just to speak to him, to meet with him. So let me pray with us, church, before the girls start to sing. So God, thank you for tonight. Lord, thank you The fear not, God, the ability doesn't lie in us. God, the ability to fear not doesn't lie in our human strength. It doesn't lie in trying to be better people or stronger people or wiser people or whatever, but it lies totally in you. Thank you, God, that the remedy to fear lies totally in you, Lord. So help us tonight, God, to, to just come before you, Lord. I pray that just to thank you for your peace, God, that's already here. And God, I pray, God, for each individual person tonight, God, that your peace, God, would reign in their heart tonight, God, that they would know that you are their God that you will help them, that you will strengthen them with whatever they're going through, God, that you're with them, God, that you will never leave or forsake them, that not even the worst thing that could happen to them, not even death itself can separate us from your love. And just thank you for that tonight, Lord. And if there's anyone who doesn't know you tonight, Lord, bring them to yourself, Lord. And as we come and we sing this song, may we respond in a way that's worthy of you, God.